Who were they? Doesn't really say a lot about them. It just doesn't say. So how do we know? What happened? Well, first of all, the original language, the word is magoi. We, some translations, uh, transliterate that into the word magi. And yet some, you know, call it wise, call them wise men. Well, in that day, that word magoi, uh, it had a very broad semantic range, and it went everywhere from magicians and charlatans all the way up to some pretty serious scientists. And the scientists who were the experts in astronomy were in Babylon. And that was the way it was then. But, I mean, how did they know to look for the star? Even if they saw it for the first time, how would they know what it was? Well, we read earlier in our... Um, um, there was a prophecy about it in Numbers, that there was going to be a star, and there was going to be a king, the scepter meaning that, that there was going to be a king. So we knew that it was going to happen, but how did they know? Well, remember 600 years before Jesus was born, Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon came in and took out Judah. And they pretty much obliterated everybody. The people that they didn't kill fled into the wilderness and the one, they took 70,000 Jews captive and put them in exile in, uh, in Babylon. And I understand from my reading that when they did that, when they exiled people from a culture to take them back to Babylon, they looked for noble people, people of royal birth, people who had status, and the best and brightest of that other culture. And you know from reading the book of Daniel, if you haven't, you might want to sometime again soon, that um, God gave amazing gifts to Daniel. And as he exercised those gifts, these are things that are beyond. He could tell a man what he had dreamed when he didn't, the man hadn't said that he, he only said that he had a dream. And then he could tell what the message from God was in that dream. And so Daniel, from that and probably other things as well, he was elevated to a very high level and he was put in charge of all of the magoi the wise men. So it was generally believed, scholars believe, that what happened is that he was talking about the Lord. And he was talking about Messiah, and he may very well have used that kind of obscure prophecy in the book of Numbers because they were astronomers. Hey, you want to hear about a star? Let me tell you about the star that the Lord has talked about. And it's coming. And 600 years later, all those generations, scholars believe that they were still watching for it. And it showed up. And they took off. And they went to find him. To find the Lord. 
Verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So they arrive in Jerusalem, and they're going around asking, where's the king of the Jews? Where's the king that was born? And, you know, in my own feeble imagination, I'm just sort of thinking people saying, what? We have a king. Not nice. Don't want to mess with Herod. No, 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 no. no. We're talking about the one that was prophesied. We know it from Babylon. And you don't know it? You don't remember it? It's never been talked about with you? The star. We saw his star. Notice he said his star. We saw his star, and yet you don't know. You weren't watching. Finally, the news got to Herod, and um, it says that he was troubled. That's Bible talk for scared to death, by the way, that word. It means scared, frightened, really stirred up. And when that happens to the king, everybody is stirred up. Because when King Herod gets stirred up, just wait, people are going to start to die. Herod really wasn't a Jew, and so he didn't know the story either. And so he called the... um, the scribes and the Pharisees, and said, where will, where will the Christ be born? He knew. He knew. He knew there was going to be Messiah. He knew that Messiah was going to be born. A man. But he did not want any part of that. Well, you know, if the Christ gets born, he's going to take away my kingdom. Take it for himself. So the Pharisees, they answer the question, and I I can't just imagine, I find it absolutely amazing that these scribes, they knew all about it. They knew right there that it's Bethlehem. That's where it's going to be. They knew. And yet they never connected Jesus with the fulfillment of that prophecy. Or was it that they denied it? People will do a lot to deny things that they don't like. Or that might require change. Sometimes people deny things just just to keep the status quo. Pharisees, they had a pretty cushy job. 
They were the under the, th under the thumb of the Romans, but they still got to exercise a lot of power, and they still had the um, they still had the the ability to extort lots and lots of money and other holdings from the average everyday folks. Verse eight. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. Uh -huh. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house... They saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Sent to Bethlehem. Let me know when you get there, when you find him, so that I can come and worship too. Well, we know that that is not really what he had in mind. Herod had already planned in his mind to kill any would-be child king. He didn't want his throne threatened. And he didn't want his own dynasty threatened. Herod had actually killed all of his own, all of the men in his family. Uncles, father, sons, except for one. He, he picked a son to follow him. But everybody else that would cause a threat to his throne, his dynasty, his plan, he murdered them all. The trip to Bethlehem is about six miles. And it didn't really take long. And when they found the Savior, they did what we all know that they did. They worshipped. So these are the best and brightest of the scientists of Babylon. The people who have been developed, grown into astronomy. They know the stars. They know what they mean. People have been navigating by stars for a very long time. And they studied all of that. And they understood the seasons by the stars. And they are at the feet of a child on their knees, worshiping. Might have been six years old. Some have estimated he might have been as old as two years old. But the best and brightest were kneeling in his presence, giving him gifts and worshiping him. He hadn't done anything. But they knew who he was, and they knew where he came from, and they worshipped. Why Jerusalem? Why'd they stop there? Uh, the Bible doesn't really say. I mean, on a, a logical level, you could assume they knew where the, the, the kingdom was headquartered, 
right? They knew where the palace was. Perhaps a logical dis um, deduction, you know, well, it's probably the king of the Jews, he must be in Jerusalem. And maybe he hasn't got a throne yet, but he's got people caring for him and preparing him and all, all of those things. But he wasn't there. I have a different thought. And the thought is that God deliberately led them to Jerusalem to do one thing. Ask the question, where is he who was born king of the Jews? He got that question circulated. It was a chance for them. A chance for them to all go out to Bethlehem and see the king of the Jews that had just been born. It was the gospel to Jerusalem delivered by the most unlikely evangelists of all. A bunch of wise men, foreigners, from Babylon of all places. It was their opportunity to receive the grace of God and to believe. And for Herod, it was a personal wake-up call. God was telling him, I'm coming. I'm on my way. But it wasn't about putting him down. It was about giving him the gospel, the opportunity to believe, a chance for faith and forgiveness, a chance for salvation and redemption. But Herod said no. We have so many people in our culture today, perhaps neighbors, perhaps people in the community, perhaps people in our family who are just saying no. And I am more convinced than ever as time goes on that God is calling us to ask the question, where is he who was born the king of the Jews? Is he in your heart? Are you on your knees, worshiping, offering yourself? Or have you said no? That's the question. Where is he? Is he in our hearts? And the people that we know, is he in their hearts? That might not be the exact question you need to ask them. But that kind of question needs to be asked for the people who are not yet believing. Let's pray together. Our Father, we are so grateful to you. We are so grateful for what you give to us. Thank you that there was a child king born. A child king. King of the Jews. And as Becca and Doug just saying, King of my heart. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would not just fill us with the answer to the question for ourselves of where is Jesus, but let us be messengers, people who will ask that question of others that we know and love. I pray that you would put it within us to seek opportunities to build relationships with people who aren't yet believing. Family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, just people around town. Lord, help us to be that kind of messenger 
the one that is asking the question, where is he? Thank you in your great name. Amen.